0: Jeff here from Jeff will's Big Gay Fiction Podcast. had a great talk with Richard Pearson for episode 35, and it was more than we could fit into the regular episode. So we've got this bonus segment for you where we talk about a few more things. And if you haven't listened to all of episode 35 yet, please go back and do that and then come forward to listen to this bonus. What did your theater friends think of this book? Uh, so far, um, all of them have loved it. Uh,
1: Particularly my actress friends, Um, they all believe that Julia, the main actress in the book, is uh, based on them. And to a small extent, they are all technically right. Uh, That actress character is kind of compiled out of about a thousand different women that I've met in my life. Um, And so, yeah, no, a lot. And like, I was very excited because two very professional stage managers that I've worked with, it and both of them loved it and i was like thank you because the stage manager is like the whipping boy character in my book she just gets nothing she gets no love and so i was like i'm glad that like you weren't mad about that <laughs> um but yeah, now probably I'll, know it's true it is it is it's very true um when i think back on like how I did not understand what a stage manager did for many, many years and like all of the things that they do and like all of like just the weird things that I would ask them. I'd be like, hi, when I get off stage, could you please make sure that like this is here? And like, I'm sure she was thinking, I have 700 other things to do right now, but of course, absolutely. Whatever you need kind of a thing. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Okay. So it was fun because like when you're writing this, and you're having to like it kind of get into the mindset of each one of those people and like figure out what they actually do for you on a, any given day. Like, it, I've, I've apologized to many of my prior stage manager and technical crew being like, hi, I'm really sorry. I probably should have been a lot more thankful to you. <laughs> How long did it take to write the role? The first draft took about nine months to a year. Um, because I did a lot of, you know, I'd write 10,000 words that didn't go anywhere, and then I'd have to cut them, and then I'd move back. Um, and I was, although I was an attorney, I was still job hunting, and so since this was, like, my, like, therapy for, like, you send out 20 resumes a day, and you don't hear back from 19, If you you if you're lucky, you hear back from one uh, kind of things. So it was, like, my therapy, so, like, I would do all my resumes in the morning, and then my afternoons were for writing, and I'd write... 1500 words a day, and then you know, I'd call it a day because I'd run out of steam or whatever. And so, between all that, it took about nine months to a year to get the first draft really ready. And then, after that, um, it took many more years of learning how to edit and the difference between editing and rewriting. And then, I had an agent for a while, and then you know, we just couldn't sell it. Uh, And then finally, I you know, had lunch with a good friend of mine, Steve Berman, who runs Life Press and the rest of it was history. He was like, what are you doing with this novel? Like, it's good. Like, I don't understand why you're having difficulty. And I was like, I don't either. Please tell me. And he's like, well, if you are, you know, interested, then like we would publish it and this is what it would be like. And I was like, yes, absolutely. Let's go. And then uh, I got a, an editor through that. Uh, my editor, um, Nancy is also a theater person. She was a professional prop mistress for many years, so She pointed out all of these things in my draft that like I was like, I'm so glad that you did this because if I hadn't Written this book and I was reading it and had bought it These are the things that I would have pointed out, but like I was blind to it for some reason and then uh, We edited and so basically I finished my first draft in 2010 And it took until 2016 for it to come, you know, out. But there's, like, about three years of that where, like, I didn't really do a whole lot of work on it. Um, So I would say it basically took two really solid years of writing, revising, and all that kind of stuff. And then the rest of it was kind of waiting on editors and sales and that kind of
0: thing. -hmm. And you said for at least part of that time you were looking for work as a lawyer because I was kind of wondering, lawyers, you know, at least the perception I think a lot of us have of lawyers is you just work, 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 work. And plus, you're a husband and a father. Like, where do you find the time to write? Well,
1: that was the reason why writing the first draft was super easy, because I was unemployed. Um, When I got my job, it did become a lot harder, because you do, you work, 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 work. And when you're an attorney, the two things that you do all day are you read legal jargon, and then you write a lot about it. And so... It's very, like, you have, I have, like, a certain amount of reading and writing stamina every day. And so, like, I need to find a way to make sure that, like, at 6 p.m. or 7 p.m. or 9 p.m. or midnight or whenever I finally get done with all of my work, that I have the energy to, like, actually write. And so, a lot of it was, like, I was, like, I'm just going to force myself to take a lunch break and write on that. Or... That kind of a thing and then uh, on top of all of that we had a daughter um, and then I was basically forced to only write on the weekends, uh, which was rough uh, because even like when she was little and she sleeps all the time you're so exhausted that it's just hard to do anything. Uh, now she's one years old and like she's much easier and like I can get a couple of hours here and there. Um, and so yeah that's basically where I'm back now I write I have like certain word goals like I had during the week I want to write 1500 words which is hard for me since I used to do that in a day and now I'm doing it over the course of five days and I'm like if I can write 500 words every you know two days then like I'm good uh so it's much slower going which drives me crazy when I finally like find where I'm going and then I'm like oh now I want to keep doing it and then like someone at my job will be like hey are you off of lunch yet and I'm like Yes, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, like it, it's definitely been a big adjustment, and I really like kick myself now all the time where I'm like, oh man, when I had the time, why did I sit there and play like Dragon Age for three hours instead of writing? I should have been doing that because I can play Dragon Age whenever, but like writing is something that like when you have the time to do it, you just have to really, really love it and make sure that you find it
0: right so gotta get some theater questions in of course so, what's the favorite show that you've appeared in
1: that I haven't personally appeared in yeah. and my favorite show was the Scarlet Pimpernel uh, a Frank Wildhorn musical and it was I had this very like minor role uh, the basic plot of the Scarlet Pimpernel is that this very like macho guy has to pretend to be a very fancy like flighty, um, gay acting femme man in order to convince the world that he is not this swashbuckling hero This is like, his, like, cover. And so he and his very macho, awesome friends all dress up in ridiculous costumes and, like, powdered wigs and are like, oh, dear, kind of a thing. And, um, one of his friends, um, Elton, is, um, not macho. And so the joke is constantly that he's really, really good at pretending to be very fae. Uh, And that was the character that I got to play. Um, And my favorite compliment anyone ever gave me about that performance was, by the end of the show, I laughed when you opened your mouth because I knew it was going to be funny. Um, I was like, that's a good compliment. I like that. Um, And then for non-musicals, I would say the best thing I ever did was, I was in a production of Hamlet in college that rehearsed for months. It was like this very intensive thing. And even though I was like in the ensemble, I played one of the players that comes and like we played like messengers and that kind of thing. That particular production was so meaningful and so interesting and taught me so much about how to perform Shakespeare and why Hamlet is regarded as being such an impressive text as it is. And, you know, when we closed on that final performance, the audience went nuts and like they gave us many, many extra curtain calls and like stamped their feet and like our, we were like backstage getting dressed because we'd done more curtain calls than we'd ever done in our life. And, you know, we were finally just backstage changing out of our costumes and our director burst through the doors and was like, they want you to come back. (laughs) And so we all like came out, like I was half dressed. I had no idea what I was doing, and, like, we just gave another bow, and, like, it was this very, like, wonderful moment to have such a performance that we all loved, so celebrated, and that was such a really big, meaningful moment for me. Are you appearing anything in anything these days? No, I haven't uh, lately. Uh, I did a couple, I do a lot of, like, stage readings for various shows. But I haven't done, like, a proper performance probably in about a year. I uh, my, my, my nights and evenings are now much more harder to uh, deal with now that I don't want to make my husband have to care for our daughter solo for three months at a time or anything like that. Um, but now that she's older, like, I'm definitely, like, looking back to get back into it, so I'm very excited. Um, but I do like, you know, kind of like one-man, like, one night kind of things here and there. Uh but I haven't done like a roll roll probably in about a year and a half. Okay.
0: So the Tony Awards are right around the corner. Yeah. Uh, um what do you like this season for, for musicals and plays?
1: Um well last night I went and saw Long Day's Journey into Night with Jessica Lange. Um it's she was nominated, and she deserves it. Uh, I've never seen Jessica Lange on stage before, and now I really understand why everyone recommends that you do that at least once in your life. Uh, her, She just gives a total masterclass in acting, and she expresses so many things using so many variances of the human voice, and I really loved seeing that craft at work. The whole production was lovely and absolutely amazing, Jessica Lang really shone. Um, of course, Hamilton is amazing and wonderful, and I consider myself exceptionally blessed that I did get to see uh, a performance of it recently, and it it definitely lives up to that kind of reputation. It is a, an amazing production. However, my favorite production of the season was Def West's production of Spring Awakening. Yep. I think that that production, you know, was so absolutely moving. I cannot explain, and I'm so excited that it's going on tour, uh, because I think that it is so important for everyone to go. And while Hamilton is, is this juggernaut and this, you know, truly incredible, amazing thing, I hope that Michael Arden actually beats it for Best Musical Direction, because... I think his vision for that show was inspired. It made one of my all-time favorite shows even more enjoyable
0: in a way that I don't think anyone other than him could have done. Yeah, uh, we've talked about on the show um, since the awards came out about Spring Awakening. And like the, the big miss in that for me in the nominations was that Spencer Liff wasn't nominated for choreography for the amazing work that he did to make all that work.
1: Right, I mean, that was... Because, like, the original production of Spring Awakening I saw many times. The choreography for that was absolutely incredible. And to find a way to kind of capture the spirit of that very syncopated type of movement, but also deal with the fact that you're also needing to use sign language and do all of these additional things, and to find a way to kind of meld those two, I, I agree. It was a very big, strange... Oversight in my mind, I was like, I don't know. I, was, I I was worried that that was like an indication that I was like, did people not get it? Like, what what happened there? Because it was just I, that show just like me in such a weird way. Because I was both absolutely I was crying out of happiness seeing these amazing actors, many of whom were deaf, many of whom probably never thought they would ever be on a Broadway stage. Absolutely loving every second of being on that stage, even though they're telling a very tragic kind of story. Uh, and then on top of it, just like the layer of, you know, ready all about miscommunication. And so adding the fact that the deaf actors are doing it was so powerful. It was so good. Absolutely agree. Thank you for listening to Jeff and Will's Big Gay Fiction Podcast. New episodes are available every Monday at iTunes and other major podcast outlets. While there, subscribe to the show and please consider leaving a review. For detailed show notes, links, and to sign up for the monthly newsletter, visit biggayfictionpodcast.com.